This is Soul Starter, the podcast with your hosts, Jessica and Lexi. We're two mamas on a mission to make entrepreneurship more accessible through soul-driven exploration. If you're ready to start a transformative journey rooted in self-care, intention, and growth, then this is the podcast for you. Join us and our guests each week as we explore the parallels between business, motherhood, and mindful living. Your intuition guided you here. Now let's get started. Hello, beautiful souls. It's Lexi and Jessica here for another episode of Soul Starter, the podcast. Today, we are talking about the five love languages. Uh, I actually don't feel like I heard about these until just a couple of years ago. And so it was pretty mind-blowing for me and my relationship um, with my husband and even with other people and in discovering more about myself and like why I want certain things as an act of love and why other things are not quite doing it for me. So if you've heard about it and you want to stick around, maybe you'll get a ping from the universe of other things to think about and consider in your relationships. Um, and if not, put your boots on because we're going for a trip. It's such a helpful tool, I feel like. When I was trying to think back, we were talking about it just before this, when I heard about it too. And I think it was when I was getting married. I was probably engaged to my husband now. And I don't know. I think I came across the book. And I'm not even sure how, to be honest with you. But I had the book first. And then in the book, it led to this quiz to determine what my love languages were and what my partner's love languages were. And it was, I thought it was really interesting because it was the first tool that also told you your how you give love and how you receive love and how those can complement or not complement, mm-hmm. if you will. But it was just a really cool awareness tool that we want to share with you today to maybe see if it would help you in, in your relationships. And, you know, like Lexi said, like, relationships and marriage or workplaces, friendships. I've learned a lot through this to even know how to give and receive in in other friendships too. Yeah. Yeah. And in the workplace, like how you, how you like to receive your attaboys, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, So if you want to take the quiz before listening, you can go to fivelovelanguages.com and that's the number five. um, And yeah, do a little quiz and then listen in to see and hear more about each of the different quiz results. Yeah, there's five languages. There's five different (laughs) types, right? You can be five different types. And this was kind of, I don't know if it was invented, but like the the person who really bring this to fruition um, in a really succinct and digestible way was Dr. Gary Chapman. Mm -hmm. And he initially started it with relationships and marriage. But then I think that now we just learned that they can also pivot to learning about your um, the five ways that you may express anger or how you apologize. So if you go on the website, there's a whole uh, lot of resources for you there. The The book is also awesome, too. But there's five main love languages. And so we can recap those first, just in case you've never heard of what this is or maybe trying to figure out what yours might be while you're listening to it with us. Yeah, and uh, invite your partner to do it as well, to take the quiz, because your love languages may be very different, which I have learned in my relationship. My husband's love languages um, are the opposite of mine. 
Yes. How about you? Same. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the opposites attract thing. I think so. Yeah, you're totally right. But with that, we then have to um, learn how that person gives and receives love too. Mm -hmm. And if that's different than ours, then we could be upset with them over something or feeling unappreciated when really they don't feel that way. And they feel like they're giving us all of the love that they can in the best way that they know possible and the best way that they give and receive, but it's just not what we need and it's not the same. And so I know for me, it's actually helped some conflict in my marriage yeah. too, just so that we understand what that is for each other and being mindful of that as we, uh, you know, co coexist together, if you will. <laughs> yeah. I remember sitting on the couch and I don't, I don't know if it was you or who told me about the love languages, but I took the quiz and then I told my husband we were, we were sitting on the couch and I was like, take this quiz. And he kind of looked at me funny. He was like, what? Like why? But he did. And then we sat there and we were like, whoa, okay, this is why it's important for you to receive physical touch as like an act of love. And meanwhile, over here, this is why I think I really would like you to do the dishes or something, you know? Like, yes. Um, so let's go through them. Let's just start. The first love language is words of affirmation. Yeah. So this is, you know, how you communicate. Typically, if you might know, words of affirmation might be for you. You encourage, affirm, appreciate, and you listen actively. Mm -hmm. Now, what we talked about earlier was give and receive can be different. So just yeah. to remember that as we're talking through these, but some ways for the communication is you like to feel encouraged. You like to be, be affirmed. You like to feel appreciated and listening actively through words. So yeah. that might be if you're a receiver. Yes. So I'm a receiver. Words of affirmation um, is a love language of mine. So I, you know, all the work that I do around the home, things that might feel like that's just what you're meant to be doing. I, I like a good pat on the back for it. I like to know that it's being recognized and appreciated. That is huge for me. So ways that you can, you know, show somebody who likes words of affirmation that you love and appreciate them is yeah like a little note a text a card a hug at the end of the day like I recognize all the things you did today you took the kids to school you did the laundry you know you cooked us dinner like all of these little things that are kind of just like a day-to-day -day, mm -hmm. they have to get done by somebody I think it breaks up the monotony of the day too because like those daily tasks this is dishes and dinner mm -hmm. and laundry it's gonna get done either way but those that really love to receive words of affirmation, we, we also want to hear like, hey, babe, thanks for filling up the tank of gas. Like, I noticed that the tank was full. Thank you for doing that. That yeah. meant a lot to me. Just yeah. like so simple and so easy, but just mm -hmm. kind of going out of your way to notice them first and then appreciate that person for them. I'm words of affirmation as well, so I hear you. <laughs> yeah, there, it's, it's big. But um, if your way to receive love is not words of affirmation, so this is not important to you, you might find yourself not actually giving it. And that's the thing that we're trying to get across is um, the way that we receive love can often be the way that we give love. But that doesn't mean that our partner views that as receiving love. Right. So. Right. Yeah, definitely. How about the next one? Okay. Um, next one is physical touch. So this is 
five language is of love. Number two, physical touch. So how you might communicate this is nonverbal. So the exact opposite, right? But really just using your body language and touch to show love. So this is your partner walking in the door and you immediately going up to them, giving them a hug or kiss to greet them. Uh, this is you guys are sitting, you know, in the car or on the couch and you make it a priority to hold hands. This person would really feel love in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And not getting that is kind of what you want to avoid as a partner. And so this, these first two actually very much come up in my relationship with my husband because I love words of affirmation. And so I'm constantly telling him like, I'm so proud of you. You're doing a good job, like all of this stuff. And he's giving me physical touch because physical touch is important, but neither of us feel like we're getting any love because it's like, wait a minute, I he wants me to give him physical touch and I don't necessarily need that. I want love in the form of words. Yeah, yeah. And we also talked about like primary versus secondary versus tertiary, like types of love languages because when you get your quiz, it'll be kind of in order. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's. I mean, same thing in my relationship too. My husband has his physical touch as well. We talked about pri previously, like those can spill over into the other where maybe physical touch will come for one person where it's not their primary, but it could be their secondary. Mm -hmm. And if it's underneath like words of affirmation or quality of time, which we'll get into, um, then it can be sort of hidden and never really fully released. Yeah, totally. Physical touch, I feel like it's a pretty, I don't know, self-explanatory one. Yeah, yeah, it's totally. Like some people just want to be snuggled. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. got to do the cuddles at the end of the night. Uh, okay, so the third one, receiving gifts. So pretty self-explanatory, but it, it doesn't have to be like, you know, diamonds and... Right. I'm sure for some people sapphires. it might be. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I need the nicest car. Maybe for some people. But maybe, you're right. You're right. But like um, flowers at the end of the day. Flowers are huge for me. Surprise me with a coffee. My husband just did that actually after our trip. Um that was so sweet. Picked us up yeah. at the airport and he had a coffee for me. And That's I, so sweet. Yeah, I, I recognized that that was, that was a big move. But um, I, I also know that love language for me, receiving gifts is, I think it's one of my top three. I don't know which one is first. But I know why that is important to me because as a kid, both of my parents, um, especially my dad, showed love through gifting. Mm -hmm. So as a child from very early on, I was shown that if you love somebody, you buy them things. Yeah. And you bring up a really good point because I learned when I was getting into the book that you might have these attachments to certain love languages by the way that your parents raised you. So that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think recognizing that is important too. You know, I, it's not like I'm a materialistic person. Like I, I do have some Virgo and Taurus in me where I like nice things. I'm not going to, you know, deny that. But um, it's the act of love through the coffee, the flowers. I mean, diamonds would be nice. <laughs> but like, you know, it's your, I don't know, it's your anniversary or it's a birthday. It's scheduling a date night. It's like these, these little things that compound, at least for me in receiving gifts that's that's important yeah. Um, yeah. but I I could go buy my husband something and he'd be like 
cool. <laughs> this doesn't fit. And he'd be, he's like, you know, thank you. He'd say thank you. And then it wouldn't, it wouldn't resonate the same. Yeah. And the other thing with people who really love to um, receive gift giving and also giving, they have sort of uh, expectations that if they give a gift, they anticipate and expect the person that's receiving the gift to be extremely grateful and mm-hmm. overwhelmed with love and, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, thank you so much. So if someone who really values gift giving gives a gift and then the person's like, okay, thanks. That can really hurt somebody's feelings that loves gift giving too. Um, so I thought that was a really important piece to mention too, is like you mentioned, it doesn't have to be these grandiose diamonds and all this stuff. It could be as simple as a coffee, a letter, a card, mm-hmm. but it's some sort of an exchange. I think that's the biggest thing that I saw with receiving gifts or giving gifts really differenced from some of the other love languages that that there is something that's physical that is exchanged in order to feel that 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 you hit hard on that love language yeah yeah and I do think the term it's the thought that counts is important to note here so it thoughtful gifts not just thoughtful gifts not like a oh it's our anniversary so I better get her something and then it's like Oh, I'm thinking of a I'm thinking of a friend and she's like, you know, been gifted like pots and pans and she's like, "Wow, thank you." <laughs> totally. Like, Unless she like these. loved these pots and pans and was wanting them so bad, then it probably isn't going to land well, dude. <laughs> yeah, hopefully your husband's not listening. To oh this my gosh, that's but, too funny. No, I know um and I also I'm thinking of another friend and I'm not naming names so nobody's getting in trouble here but um she was talking about how she uh noticed like her partner was keeping the cards like that she'd written him over the mm-hmm. years and but they were kind of like ending up in all these random places so she did such a sweet thing she like made this custom front um with a hole punch and like a ring and she hole punched every card. Oh my god. And she put them in this like ringed binder thing with like a custom front with their names on it and gifted it to him. And he was like, wow, that's really cool. And then that was like it. <laughs> and she like, she's like, I went through all this work. And you know, she was laughing about it and recognizing like, oh yeah, this is not as important to him as it is for me. Like she probably would value that hole punched right thing way more but right if your partner gives you a gift and it's not really your love language at least like recognize the thought that went that's such a good point too yeah if your partner is a a gift giver like really (laughs) muster up the courage to get those emotions out that really that it was a meant a lot to them so it must also mean a lot to you yeah and the special occasions too like that you talked about the anniversaries the birthdays like really don't forget those days because those days mean a lot to Mm -hmm. a gift giver too yeah and and again like coming back to the root of it like your partner is maybe not materialistic or um you know like wanting all of these fancy things it's actually just the way that they yeah. like to coffee receive. yeah flowers coffee. super simple mm-hmm. easy peasy okay we we talked enough about that one <laughs> well i think that um yeah that one resonates too with me too my mom actually is a, a gift giver and so i actually didn't grow up so you think some of the the love languages that your parents do you'll 
take on. But for me, that one never hit home. So I actually don't have that in my top three receiving gifts at all. But my mom is such a gift giver of love that I know it's coming from such a place of love. But you'll just get like random things in the mail. Like I remember we got one really cute package for the kids, but it was like hair ties and some candy for the kids and then like a random car. And I'm like, it's just so sweet because all of those little gifts like meant so much to her. Mm -hmm. But then getting them in the mail, you were like, okay, it's just like a bunch of random stuff. But it was like the thought that counts. So making sure that she feels loved in that way. Okay. Yeah. I'm resonating a little bit with this. So yeah, totally. Okay. Quality time is number four. So this one is huge for my husband as well. I'm not sure about, does this one relate to you at all personally? Um, it's not in my top three. Um, I would say it's like number four. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because my husband's number one is my number five. Yeah. That's which probably is, which is tough, tough sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, quality time, um, that's important to him more so than me. Um, but I do, I do appreciate having quality time and that's, you know, you're together without distractions. Yeah. Yeah. Uninterrupted one-on-one time, Mm -hmm. giving them your full undivided attention. So if they're talking to you, you're not also on your phone texting, Right. you're putting the phone down. It could also probably be that quality time of asking, how was your day? And then being fully present to listen for the full response, however short or long that might be. Yeah. Um, but creating special moments, taking walks together, doing small things, even just someone who really loves quality time, which my, this is up there for my husband. So even just like sitting on the couch, watching a movie together feels like, oh, he won the lottery, you know, and to, we were kind of, we're joking. It's like, to me, I feel like I'm just watching a movie. Um, but for him, that's, that is that special quality time. So it's become very special to me too, to make sure that we carve that out. Mm. Netflix and chill. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) Just kidding. Some things that this person does not like. I have two babies, so you know. (laughs) Um, Sometimes, like if you are a giver or receiver of quality time, things to avoid. Maybe if your partner really is huge on quality time, but you are not, try not to be distracted or go days or, you know, weeks without having those small moments of quality time together um, or longer time without that one-on-one. Yeah. Um, if quality time's important and you have kids, that's, yeah, that's a tricky one because the kids kind of take up a lot of that time. But I had a friend, um, she's still my friend, but years ago, she told me that her husband and her do stay at home date night. That's so cute. Every Friday, they would dress up. No and, way. Like, cook a nice dinner. Oh my gosh, that's cute. After um, the kids went to bed. After the kids go to bed. So, you know, you can't always get a babysitter. You mm-hmm. can't always go to these fancy dinners and, you know, yeah. it's maybe not sustainable financially even. Or you don't have the support. Like, you yeah. do always have to hire the babysitter in right. order to be able to get that quality time. Yeah, so she was like, every Friday we cook dinner together. We dress up a little nicer. It's a good excuse to, like, put your makeup on. Um, that's so cute. They don't turn the TV on, they share a bottle of wine, like they have a good conversation and they chat into the wee hours or whatever it might be. Yeah, so um, my husband and I adopted it and it is helpful when you, I mean, there's times when you don't stick with it. Sure, yeah, of course. But knowing that every Friday, like on his way home from work, he's going to pick up, you know, a nice steak or something and we're going to cook and sit down and have a conversation and like unpack the week is, is really huge because 
during the week at least. It can be very drive-by transactional in a relationship when you have young kiddos and both parents are working or you know it it just can it can compound and be a lot yeah so that's an idea if anybody else wants to adopt it I like it I think we'll adopt it it is you know when you have little kiddos like life is just chaos and busy at times and so it's like do you spend this is you know for me I'm thinking like okay do you spend the end of the night picking up the whole house from the from the aftermath of little kids or do you just sit down with a bottle of wine and have some dinner together and you worry about it the next day at least one time a week right yeah um, I right not every night but I like that I like that idea especially for those that really you know enjoy quality time do you know happen to know if either of their love languages was quality time or just maybe that was the quality time they were making for themselves um I don't know their love languages yeah. but I'm I'm sure it's it's important enough there for them because they do a good job with it so yeah absolutely and I mean quality time pre-children we had that all the time right so it's of scarcity in any relationship especially if you have children so I've been thinking about that for everyone a lot lately Mm -hmm. how like when you your relationship starts and definitely when you find your person there's just an ease I feel like that's a huge sign that you're with the right person is there's just an ease you know and um, it's like the honeymoon phase is really easy and it's kind of like you discover once you both start unpacking those like deeper details about each other, if like things are going to continue or not. Mm -hmm. Um, that's why it's called the honeymoon phase. Right, exactly. Right. But yeah, I was, I've been thinking about this lately, how, um, once you have kids, like those honeymoon periods or like those periods of ease, they they're harder to find. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You have to find them in smaller pockets or you have to really carve out the time for it mm-hmm. specifically. Um, and I mean, quite frankly, that's been hard for Robert to f- and I to do that because, you know, we have family support, but we don't have like, you know, a designated babysitter. So we've had to kind of create that where it's just more effort and the effort is worthy of it if we, you know, need to do that. But you're right. It's like pre-kid relationship versus post-kids relationship is very different. So your love languages might even change. And I, that would be kind of interesting to know. I, I would be so curious if I took this, you know, test 10 years ago before becoming a mom to what they are important to me now. Cause I'm sure they have been flow too with your desires and needs in the moment. Yeah. I feel like acts of service, which is the last one to talk about. That's a good transition point. Um, probably it's more important as a co-parenting love language oh yeah not everything can fall on one person even if you are a stay-at-home parent to have everything fall on you that's that's a lot a lot of work for sure so acts of service is doing the dishes Mm -hmm. unloading the dishwasher helping with laundry mowing the yard it is like the mundane tasks every day that need to get done so if your partner is somebody who likes to receive acts of service and you notice they're feeling a little overwhelmed or they have a lot on their plate with work or whatever it might be, just going out of your way to say, hey, how can I help you? What needs to be done around the house today? What things can I knock off our list together? Like, So just going out of your way to do that. But I think the, the other thing, acts of service can also not be the mundane things and it can be the special things of like, making you breakfast, like the little acts of service, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's just breakfast in bed on your birthday or, you know, I sort of like 
physical gifts and acts of service, I feel like can sometimes go together because, you know, it's the act of service for your husband to go think like, oh, I'm going to get her a coffee. Mm -hmm. And then it was the physical gift of giving you the coffee, right? Right. Um, So those ones kind of went together. Yeah, that thoughtfulness. Um, And acts of service, I think, even for receiving gifts, um, it going back to the thought that counts, it's like, you don't want to, if this is important to you, okay, let's just use, this is one of mine, so I'm just going to use an example. Like, there's something broken in the house, and I've brought it up a few times, like, can we get this fixed, or, like, can we look into this, or can mm-hmm. we research this, or whatever, but then it doesn't get done, like, that that would be very irritating and show me that my partner doesn't care. Yes. However, if it's brought up and then it's, like, that person goes right into doing it, or even better, if you don't even have to ask them. Yeah, I know. If like, we could just read all of our minds. <laughs> if you don't have to ask them to do the dishes, if you don't have to ask them to, like trim the tree outside or whatever it is Mm. like knowing that those things are important to you and like you said that they might be stressing you out Mm -hmm. taking the initiative um without being asked is huge so just like recognizing what might be going on around you and yeah that awareness can come into play and I was just thinking back to like a couple days ago my husband like I had had a pretty busy week this week and he was like, you know, you should take a bath and I'll take the kids on a bike ride. And that was like the biggest act of love. Wow. I know. Right. He took both kids on the bike. I mean, it was safe. They each had their own seats, but he just like took them around on a bike ride for 20 or 30 minutes so I could go take a bath undisturbed. And like that to me was like the biggest act of love. It meant so much to me, but it was like such a small thing. It was just 20 or 30 minutes and probably he had a blast with the kids on the bike too. Mm -hmm. But it's just the act of taking that next step and and making that service, um, yeah. or giving that service, if you will. And recognizing that you needed a yeah. bath. Yeah. Like, you needed to <laughs> take a bath, too. Yeah. No, that you needed that I needed to alone bathe. time. Yeah. He's like, babe, come on. I you got to take a shower. I know, right? And I think that there's, like, ugh, this whole thing. And, like, a shower is not self-care. A bath is not self-care. And I'm like, well, considering who? Like, to me, that felt like a lot of love and self-care. Oh. Like, being able to take a 20-minute bath, that felt like self-care to me. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. So if you have acts of service, like, and you know this is important to your partner, or you find out through doing these tests or these little quizzes, um, the lack of follow through would probably really irk somebody the most. Mm-hmm. And them saying, like, like you mentioned earlier, this needs to get done, and then it, it never gets done. Or... Yeah. And Garrett, I know you're listening out there. I... <laughs> <laughs> she just called him straight out. No, I'm I'm calling him out to say he's actually really good with acts of service. Um, like he recognizes when things need fixed in the home and That's awesome. yeah, things like that. We, he does a good job with, um, but I think it's coming back, like coming full circle to what we were saying at the beginning, which is, you know, doing this with your partner and recognizing that the way you give love might not be the way they want to receive it. And, um, it, it really just can make a huge change in a relationship just being able to see and recognize in each other what that other person needs. And uh, I would say like the last thing to think about is you don't always, I don't know, we're always like hanging around waiting for the other person to take the first step. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. So to speak, like if you're not receiving gifts, you might not be giving physical touch. Um, And I, I think it's like, we can get caught in that cycle, mm-hmm. but it is a two-way street. And if you can be 
maybe just be the strong one in the relationship and as hard as it is mm -hmm. if you're not feeling validated to like take the first step forward and give the physical touch you'll probably start receiving things in the way that you want it as long as you both have had this type of a conversation but uh, if you just sit around and you both sit around waiting for the other person to take the first step it it gets hard so yeah and that's really the whole premise of you know the why the five languages of love exist because I think you know more common than not we it's easy to be like well you're not doing this and you're not doing this and it's like well I need this and I need that and it's like if we're not even on the same page of what we need so like what a beautiful tool to have in your back pocket in a relationship and a friendship and a marriage whatever it might be to have these tools in your your toolbox to say oh I know that I need this and then being able to communicate it to that person mm -hmm. and then like you said Lexi like really not waiting for that other person to act too which is hard it I is mean, hard it's, tough. it's, it's yeah. really hard because you want people to read your mind oh totally <laughs> totally wouldn't that be nice like and these love languages compile on itself like mm -hmm. I know for me like in order for me to get to physical touch like I need words of affirmation and acts of service and then I feel more open to physical touch but mm -hmm. unless I'm not met there emotionally in that love language like I'm not going to get there physically so for me I found that that to be true for me. So there is sort of a lower barrier to entry, but also noting like holding someone's hand or giving them a hug is only going to benefit me as well. Yeah. And so we both have to be uncomfortable if your partner may be different. It's, it sometimes is going out of your way to really think about that person um, in, in their love language mm -hmm. and taking that next step too. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Thanks. Well, you brought something up earlier before we started um, this podcast and we'll finish with it you know it could be really interesting as your kids get older to mm -hmm. figure out what their love language is you know and then being able to give them what they want whereas like as a kid I was receiving gifts as a form of love but words of affirmation from my dad would have been like right I right. don't know things things could be totally different. Absolutely. Yeah. That parent child dynamic and how we give and receive love with our kids too. Yeah. But I, I totally recognize that the way he showed me love was through gifts. And I, I'm, you know, not trying to discredit him because that was what he knew. Yeah. But I, I was constantly looking for like a, I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. You did a great job. Like yeah. those types of things. So yeah, coming back again to like what can you give your kids that they actually want and mm -hmm. need and then um, not just spilling your own love language onto them when it might not be what they want. Right, totally. You know, and that, might, that makes me think, do you find words of affirmation because it's, you didn't get it as a child too, I wonder. Like maybe Perhaps. that's what you need now. Because um, my, my top is words of affirmation too, so it's, it would be really interesting total side tangent that's probably yeah, a whole I mean, podcast that, for another day that could be a whole therapy session <laughs> <laughs> for sure for all of us right yeah. listening um okay cool so hopefully that was helpful hopefully this brought a new dynamic or a different way to think about approaching a relationship in general whether it's friendship or marriage whatever it might be but the five languages of love recapped are words of affirmation physical touch receiving gifts quality time and acts of service. And we encourage you to take the quiz 
on five love languages. We'll put it in the show notes, uh, five with the number five, and then you can figure out what yours are and what your partners are, or maybe your best friends, so that you can show up for them a little bit differently and give and receive in the way that they know to receive love and feel supported. Couldn't have said it better myself. Cool. <laughs> we'll see you next time, beautiful souls. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more information about today's episode in the show notes at soul-starter.com forward slash podcast. We also love to connect with you on Instagram at soulstarterco, all one word. And please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can also watch the video recordings on our YouTube channel at soulstarterco. See you in the next episode.